Hello, and welcome to the Stay Healthy Mercer County podcast, the only show dedicated to helping you live a healthier life in and around Mercer County, New Jersey. This show is presented by Adapt Performance and Rehab in Lawrence Township. Adapt Performance and Rehab is dedicated to helping athletes and active adults improve fitness and sports performance, end pain, and get back to doing what they love. And now, here's your show. All right, welcome to episode two of the Stay Healthy Mercer County podcast. Today we are joined by Michelle De La Rosa of Connect Physical Therapy in Hamilton, New Jersey. Really excited for this interview. Uh, how are you doing today, Michelle? Oh, good, good. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, of course, and we're also joined by Dr. Pyle, uh, Director of uh, Physical Therapy at ADEPT. Uh, so, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about your business and what has brought you to kind of where you are today? Uh, yes, I am the owner of a pelvic physical therapy practice. Um, we have two locations in Hamilton and Howell. And uh, we started the practice here in Mercer County, New Jersey, because of the need for uh, physical therapy for people with pelvic health needs. So that could be people with incontinence, pelvic pain, constipation, uh, problems after prostate surgery, you name it, all things pelvic. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I'm super excited to hear more about um, the population that you're serving and how um, how inspirational it is. How did you get to niching down with such an underserved population? How did you feel connected to this particular population? So I started working in Brooklyn uh, in a community hospital and uh, sort of took over a small program and helped develop that and it was it was mostly treating people with the diagnosis of, inc of incontinence which was really helpful but then realized that these people have more than just incontinence um, that some people have pelvic pain some people have other kinds of scar tissue uh, other just other issues that we weren't originally trained in in physical therapy school and we figured we can help these people. Yeah, you know. So, so the practice grew to other diagnoses, to treating men as well, um, and our practice treats children uh, in addition. So, so yeah, yeah. Who do you primarily work with? Is there kind of one type of you know person or population? Is it mostly men, mostly women, and what are kind of the biggest you know problems that they come in to work on? Yeah, it's both. It's women and men, and we have a. a, a quickly growing a male population where some days we have more men in than women um, but uh, uh, we treat so many varied diagnoses I'd say if you had to pick the most common diagnosis it would be pelvic pain okay. and uh, pelvic pain for very uh, a varied number of, of reasons uh, one can be pelvic pain with intercourse pelvic pain sitting mm -hmm. tailbone pain pubic yeah. pain Pain after my surgery, pain, the pain, the scar is still bothering me, you know. So um, that's just in the pelvic pain arena, and we also see people where there's just a lot of laxity, you know, things like incontinence, things like uh, something called prolapse, where organs, bladder, bowel, um, uh, uterus uh, are are not as well supported as as people would like. So. Awesome. Like awesome. Cool. Yeah. So something you mentioned before the show that I thought was really interesting was that you know, I think when most people are thinking of, of pelvic floor therapy, they're thinking of mostly females and sometimes postpartum, but you said some days you might have more men in there than women. Um, I know it seems like it's a misconception um, that it's mostly women. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about 
that and what you've really found? Yes, we love talking about our pelvic health for men um, because it is so, so underserved, as underserved as women are. Men are more underserved for this particular um, population. Um, probably because they don't have a doctor to go to that does this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Women see their uh, GYNs or OBGYNs either yearly, every every couple of years, you know, sort of on a regular basis. Men uh, have a general doctor, but not really a pelvic doctor unless they have a problem. There's no one really overseeing their general health in that arena. So they may see a urologist. That's probably it. You know, unless they have an out-of-the-box kind of provider. So a lot of the men we see are looking online, looking, in social, looking on social media. And so that's where we have to put ourselves in order to, you know, give some faces to these, to these symptoms, you know, so. Are there any, like, stigmas? Do you find, like, men are either less educated because they're not going to these doctors or just le- not as okay to or open to kind of talking about this because it's not as accepted or not really... Yeah, I feel like men, because they don't have that provider to go to, by the time they get somewhere, their symptoms are, are pretty bad, yeah, <laughs> I would say. Absolutely. You know, so uh, unfortunately, so, um, and they get bounced around uh, to several, so many more providers. I, I would say that there would be, I see that also for women, but um, particularly for men. Yeah, and one thing that I tend to see as a physical therapist who works with active adults is more on a general scale is um, that people will sometimes wait until pain becomes the motivating factor to get some sort of treatment Mm -hmm. and not necessarily knowing what symptoms might have led you to the point where you're now experiencing pain. So on your, in your type of um, practice involving more of a pelvic floor specialty, what types of indications do you tend to see um, might drive somebody prior to them reaching a pain painful state? You, you mean for just, just men? Or? Men and women, yeah. Yeah. Well, similar to other kinds of physical therapy, it's going to disrupt their function in a significant way. Yeah. So, for example, let's say someone has urinary urgency. Seems like, oh, well, that's not that bad, right? I have a strong urge to go, right? So, okay, so I'll... I'll be more conscious of where the bathrooms are, right? Um, but let's say it's go- it's like five years now they have this problem. It's gotten it's gone on so long that now they can't take car rides past forty minutes. Yeah, that that, pr- that limits their scope of social activity significantly. Definitely. It also disrupts like what their um, how their peers might see them. Maybe their peers start to see them as you know, oh, this person is just. A mental case uh, you know she's a basket case she's so anxious about everything she's always going to the bathroom when there's actually a, a very real physical issue going on yeah that's so, absolutely true yeah yeah do um, they do they always know like do, do people usually allow it to go on for five years because they don't know something is actually wrong or do you find that they're usually pretty keyed in on this is a pelvic floor issue yeah, I see both I see both um, specifically with the urinary issues, because um, I think um, uh, companies have done well selling urinary pads and products. Um, they've done industry. a good job, you know, because people, it's sort of normalized that it's okay. Just using the example of leakage, you know, it's okay, that's, that's okay, you know. Um, similarly, some people feel it's okay to have 
pain with intercourse uh, because a, I'm not talking about it with anybody and uh, I feel like maybe that's normal. Maybe that's normal after having a baby, you know? So, um, so I'm just going to live with that, you know? Um, and the other thing is sometimes people have told providers, but perhaps providers have not been educated enough in this arena that they sort of, you know, poo-poo it, you know, so and just they've told like a general provider, and they've just said that's normal. Even their GYN, yeah. if okay. they're if if they just are not okay. um, knowledgeable about sure. this. Sure, and we'll even get that area. with like so we'll treat a lot of like chronic back pain. Yes. And a lot of providers, a lot of doctors will just say it comes with age, and and that's normal. And right. Right. We don't believe that. Right. Right. Lot, you know, right. a lot of times it'll take people a while and they'll kind of just wait it out and it'll eventually get worse. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come to us and they'll say, you know, the doctor just told me it was normal. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd say what we do is it's, it's different body parts, but it's all physical therapy. It's Absolutely. all, so that's where we have the common out, the common, yeah. you know, ground there. So, and something that we of course find, which I'm sure you find is the longer you wait, there's generally more to uncover at that point. You know, there's yeah. more, there's more things to more, factors in place at that point that need to be taken into consideration. Right. Just like that person with urinary urgency where it yeah. seems to have just been an urge, that'll turn into pain one day. Yeah. You know, if it, if it goes on long enough. You Do know, you that, find that people wait because of the, like the intimate nature of, of some of these conditions? Do you find that that is what causes people to wait? Yeah. I feel like people waited longer before. Okay. I do feel like people are talking about it more um, um, a little a little bit more um, but they uh, if they're not finding the information from their providers they're looking elsewhere online and now it's about providing accurate resources for them um, and, and steering them in the right direction is what we have to do so, so tell us a little bit more about how you've um, created your clinic and how you've made it into the safe haven type setting that it currently is in that it's known for. Yeah, so we wanted to do things uh, that you know we couldn't do in our previous settings. Um, so we made sure um, we had closed rooms for patients so people felt uh, safe, that they could have a private conversation without um, lots of people hearing them. Um, so that was really important to us. And you know we see people, you know, there's only one person at a time um, that we're seeing. So when someone's undressed, I'm not leaving the room and it's it's just a really private one-on-one -on -one session um, uh, so we can you know complete you know listen to all of their needs um, without being distracted so yeah that's great I imagine that just makes people feel so much more comfortable right off the get-go and then maybe even just helping them kind of subconsciously feel more comfortable and feel more open to receiving the treatment. Right, right. And it was important also for us to, to that that feeling started from the moment they called. So we wanted to make sure that from our front desk and the language that they used, um, which was different than the language that would be used when um, I did more treatments of um, knee pain and shoulder pain. Um, not that that's not important. It's very important yeah. as well. But the language is different. Absolutely. Can you give us an so, example of, you know, say I was a, a, a patient calling for an appointment, like how, yeah. how it would be if different? Someone said, if someone called and said, my doctor says I need to come for dyspareunia, and the front office was like, hold on, let me see if we treat that, yeah. you know? Well, instead of right away saying, no problem, yeah. we're going to set you up. Yeah. It's a very important, very important condition. We're going to set you up as soon as we can. Right away, recognition of the condition and validating that it is a condition, yeah, <laughs> you know? So right away, it doesn't seem like um, uh, important things, but they are, because right away the patient can feel, I'm, 
I'm in the right place. Yes. You know, so. And it's so important for the person to know, like, they can trust you right off the bat. Right. To right. take care of them. Yes. Um, so what other, what are their um, biggest mistakes do you see that some of your other clients are, might be making? What seems to be more consistently coming up? Mistakes. Uh, so in terms of maybe when people come in, uh, some common things that we see with people are um, altered breathing patterns, let's say. Um, and I know uh, that's something that really all physical therapists can work on. Um, but particularly with our pelvic pain, our patients with pelvic pain, um, we see these breathing patterns um, that maybe more shallow, maybe more upper chest, um, maybe uh, maybe that's their habit. Maybe they didn't even, weren't even told, you know. Um, and it's already promoting certain uh, tightness, tight tight restrictions in their pelvis. Um, so matter no matter how many stretches they do, they're always going to have some tightness because yeah. nobody really recognizes that the diaphragm and the pelvic floor are functionally connected. Um, so they so we have to start at the diaphragm and the rib cage and breathing. That doesn't seem close to the pelvic area, sure. but it's completely related. Sure. You know, Absolutely. and the other thing that we see is uh, sometimes people just doing too much. So they want to get better. They come in and they'll say, um, I'm doing like 200 Kegels a day and it's just not working. You know, I'm that doing sit-ups, I'm doing crunches, and perhaps they're all not the right things that they should be doing. So what, why you know? is that? They're obviously well-meaning and they're trying. Is it Completely. they're not doing the right stuff or is there something like the foundation hasn't been set before it? So because they've not had an evaluation, okay. We don't really know if that's what they need. Sure. Yes. You know? So for many of our patients with pelvic pain, we want to do a reverse Kegel. Uh -huh. So we don't really want to do a lot of what we call up training yeah. because they're already up trained. Yeah. Right? So we want to do down training and do a reverse Kegel, which is more lengthening. Mm -hmm. And so to them, they're like, you mean I have to let go? Well, <laughs> you know, because yeah. um, with people with pain, any kind of pain, what are we going to do? Tighten up. Uh, Natural absolutely. response. So I have, does they, do they sometimes make the problem worse by trying to do? 100%. 100%. Yeah. So imagine, imagine uh -huh. someone coming with painful intercourse, and they'll say, I don't know why I have so much pain. This is what, this is what I try to do. So they're closing the entrance. <laughs> so, so it's really, it's, it's, um, it's more, it's education. Yeah, yeah. Education is things that are so easy that if we could just tell everybody, you know, it's so easy. So that's why we're like, just get an evaluation because the, the tips and the techniques and the education that you learn a little bit really can go a long way. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here with the biggest grin on my face right now because oh. this is the same exact stuff that I find yes. with yeah. people who've had chronic back pain for years. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't realize that how you develop these stressful breathing habits and these shallow breaths, like you mentioned, chest yeah. breathing, it can create these unwanted effects in yes. the future. And it does become one and the same. So if you find that somebody might have pelvic floor pain, maybe they also have back pain as well. Right. And so I was going right. to ask you to talk a little bit about right. how pelvic floor pain can also affect other parts of the body. Right. So um, nine times out of ten, pelvic floor pain, pain is a sequelae of something else. Unless you had surgery or trauma directly to the area, it's usually caused by something else. So we are usually treating another area of the body or another function of their mechanics 
in order to treat their pelvis. So solely looking at the pelvic floor is only getting one part of the problem. It's, it's symptomatic relief. They'll have to be doing treatment forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so just like in other areas of physical therapy, you know, you have to you validate the pain and look elsewhere, right? right. So, so that's what we're doing most of the time. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we almost do it the other way where, where we, like someone will get back pain or side pain or knee pain, mm-hmm. and we treat the pelvis. Like we, we'll tell them it's more hips, like we'll treat the pelvis. Yes. And a lot of times whenever you're trying to reposition that, you're really just repositioning like the pelvic floor and the diaphragm yes. and working on their breathing. Yes, exactly. yes. Well, if, symptoms. Exactly, because yeah. if their symptom is coming out a different way, then exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yep. It's so integrated. Dying, yep. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny how we have our specialties and you're, of course, going to be the, become the expert in somebody who would have organ prolapse or who would have um, other specific conditions related to the pelvic floor. But it's so funny how it's such an integrative model, and you might find that you've also got this back pain, or you've got, you know, it all started when you had that C-section done, or it all started when you had, um, you were in a car accident, and it spurred this whole um, cascade of different symptoms eventually. Right, and that's why we're so, you know, we we step outside into different hats often, and we're often talking about general nutrition and, and lifestyle and, um, and you know, uh, talking about stress management and, and yoga, so many things. And, but that's why it's so important to us to really have a good team of providers like yourself set to work together with on these people yeah. because it's with pelvic pain and, and, and many of the other conditions that we treat, it's so multifactorial, um, especially when it's gone on for so, so long. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you find that you know, because some of the issues you treat are um, intimate things, do you find that there is any, you know, a lot of emotion tied behind it or a lot of stress tied behind it? Maybe, you know, not being able to have sex can obviously place a toll on other 100%, areas. 100%. 100%. So, so we tell everybody, you know, this is, this is the pie and of, you know, of all the things that are related to why you have, let's pretend, pain. Um, so it could be all the musculoskeletal restrictions. That's one, but that's only one. Mm-hmm. Then there is the emotional piece, the you know the, the stress management piece. What what are you eating? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. How how much is your burden at work? Your workload at work? You know, how much downtime do you have for yourself? You know, it's just uh, do you exercise at all? You know, so there's so many pieces. Um, and, you know, maybe they're also caregivers for an aging parent. You know, um, there's there's many many pieces they have to juggle, um, and so I know I'm only one of one of the pieces. And every so often, every month, those pieces, what percentage uh, it might change? You know, musculoskeletal uh, factors can be 50% of the pie, but maybe later on they're only 25% because yes. we worked on some things, and they have to work on the other pieces of the pie. So that's so great. Yeah. We use the same integrative model yeah. where I'll tell people, you know. I, you know, I think we should hone in on your nutrition. Or I think we should hone in on your stress management skills or, you know, what can we do throughout the day to make it so that by the end of the day, you don't feel as overwhelmed. Right. Um, and there's so many different ways of going about it, like you mentioned. Um, so that's great. So um, what are some of the common themes of most of your sex, most, most successful clients? What are they doing? Uh, I think that, I think that, one of the things is that they have a many of them have good community support 
so that could be good family support. And one of the things that we do is actually partner training, which is um, unique to our practice. So, yeah. so in terms of specific to the pelvic uh, manual techniques that we do, well, after a patient has come in a couple of sessions and gotten a gist of what we do, um, we'll say, do you want to bring a partner in? You know, that can be a spouse, that can be a partner, that can be a family member, you know. And so right away, we're setting the system up to say, there's somebody else that A, has heard about what's going on with you and understands, Mm -hmm. and uh, B, can actually help you with what you're doing physically, you know. So so already we've professionally trained somebody else. and just anybody that's, you know, if someone is trying to change what, how they're eating, like, you know, if obviously if they have family support and that eats with them or, or works out with them, you know, yeah. that's going to be more successful. So, so we found that people have, that have family or community support um, do better. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. I completely wholeheartedly agree with that. Yes. Yeah. It's so much tougher to do anything on your own, but when you have the support of those that you actually care about yes. and you love, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so much easier to feel all full in bought into the whole practice and right. stay on track. And, and there's some accountability there, yeah. you know, because we're they're not always going to be coming to PT. So someone at home is going to be like, hey, um, are you keeping up with A, a B, and C? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's what needs to so happen. It's not just so. going to PT. It's, it's some of the lifestyle factors that also will help people. Yeah, that's mostly, you know, what we, we, we actually start with that. Start with that. And it's just infused through the sessions, as I'm sure you guys yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. also that's do. <laughs> What's uh, what's one thing you wish you had known when you started your career? Oh my gosh, so many things, right? I mean, I mean, I, I mostly focus on you know clinically what we've learned, but only because uh, again specific to to our uh, to pelvic health. Uh, I started doing it almost twenty years ago, right? So so. There was no internet then, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't, you know, there are Facebook groups now. There are so many resources. Um, uh, patients have written books, you know. Um, there's there's conferences and town halls, and, and we didn't have any of that, you know. So, so I was mostly learning on my own. And so it took me, you know, years to learn what, uh, somebody just read in a book the other day, you know? Absolutely. So, so you know, I remember after treating even, uh, you know, two years, I was calling patients back and saying, can you come back in? Because uh, um, I, I have new stuff, yeah. you know, That's that I want to so, do. So it's mainly looking at your so treatment cool. style and realizing, like, the way you treat now is probably way different. It's very different. It's very different. It's constantly evolving yeah. because it's so – the topics now are – it's just so hot, that pelvic health, you know, that – that there's um, they're now putting some money into research yeah. and um, and it's and we're able again because of social media um, we're able to share our information worldwide and so um, we're learning what people are doing in Australia and London and it's it's great. Yeah, so information spreading a lot. Yes, a lot, yes, right? yes. And you feel like patients and kind of the general public are also more willing to talk about it now. More willing so to talk about it. Awareness. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I think in general, the field of physical therapy has been evolving so much, but as we spoke about some of these niche practices such as pelvic floor PT, you know, it's, it doesn't evolve at the same rate sometimes. And so a lot of it is, you know, you have to have this self-drive and the self-motivation to go out and learn this information. And we spoke about how sometimes cities will have a lot more, um, knowledge 
the, the practitioners that work in cities might have a little bit more knowledge and they might be exposed to some of the more um, Yeah, I just think that we but, got, I think it's sheer volume. Yeah. We just saw more, We I think because we were a community hospital, we got some funding for some certain programs. I just think we, we were, we, we had some more resources um, that maybe some smaller hospitals didn't have. And so um, surprisingly, we're ahead of the game, you know, but we want, you know, part that, so that's part of what we want is as it's growing, we want pelvic health to be just a regular, not, not special and not a niche, yes. you know, it should just be, I, I, for example, have a child and I, I make my, I schedule my, my uh, postpartum appointment during my fourth trimester between six and 12 weeks. Yeah. That's what I have to do. You know, and we are already starting that. You know, oh, our patients, great. they just know um, they're, we see them till the end of delivery and if we're seeing them during pregnancy um, and we, you know, they make their appointment. They have already scheduled out, you know, once they've been cleared by their provider to come back, you know, and even if they don't need to come back for a whole, you know, episode of care, um, even if people came back for the one visit and we did our postpartum screen on them and said, hey, these are the top two or three things that you really need to work on, go and do it. You yeah. know, like just go, you know, give them some That's education awesome. on what they see. Absolutely. And we want to see that post-surgically, pre-surgically and post-surgically too. So we've been educating people on that, on surgeons on that. So when, when a man goes out for prostate surgery, you know, and uh, we've been having, uh, working with uh, urologists they, to come because the research supports, you know, one or two visits prior to surgery, they have better outcomes. So we're seeing people just like, you know, total knee replacements um, yep. coming in prior to surgery, you know, I mean, the outcomes are better, so much <laughs> you know, so and so, yeah. and then we'll see them, the rehab is easier, you know, we want to see that for hysterectomies, we want to see that for any kind of abdominal surgery. People think, oh, I just had laparoscopic surgery, it's just a small little hole, you know, but are there, is their abdominal strength disrupted at all? What about the scar? Oh, it looks like a little hole, but actually it goes deep yeah. down toward their back, you know? Mm -hmm. So what you see on the outside is not actually what's physically there, yeah. you know? So, and, and C-sections, I mean, it's still still high Absolutely. up there, you know, almost 30%, so, um, yeah. so. What about rehabbing that population? Yeah, so advocating for checkups and don't just wait until it becomes a problem. But Absolutely. I'm a big fan of no matter what's going on with you, having a yearly um, physical therapy checkup. Awesome. I'm, Us, I mean, too. Yeah, Us too. Yeah. People go to you know, right, the doctors, they, they go to the dentist, but you know, people go to physical therapists when they're hurt. But That's right. Know, here, like, we work with a lot of like active adults who right. are running or something like that. And like, they should, you know, absolutely go and maybe it's every six months or something, get a checkup just to make sure, yeah. you know, things are looking good. But I mean, what we find, you find that it's a lot harder to motivate people to take the time and come in when for prevention, I think like the pain is a lot more motivating, but it's harder. It, that's true. That's true. You know, however, once someone has already come in to see you and seen the benefits of PT, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, they understand more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, and, and all you need is, is, is one person to... To see the benefits and and hopefully it spreads, you know. Absolutely, so. and we, you know, we try and tell people, educate them on, you know, we're in Mercer County. We there's so many active adults in this area. Right. People are right. always on the go. Yes. A lot of young kids in the area, so we know that women have just recently had a lot of pregnancies, and mm -hmm. um, we're always telling people the more mileage you put on your body, the more wear and tear that your body goes through the more yes. often you're going to want to have these checkups as yes. well. You know, it's just something that comes with living that active lifestyle. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I I would want it. You know? yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I I I know. I I feel like people just um, don't really know what they're going to get out of it. But just do it one time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I really just like you tune up your car. For sure. It should be a regular thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Where can our listeners find out more about you online? Yeah, so we have a lot of information on our website, connectpt.org. Um, and I was actually looking at like awesome videos where like some of those pages with like kind of looks like yeah. some of the most common videos. You yes, yeah, yeah. So some of the some of the videos that we have are are purely educational and giving out information, and some some of the uh, videos actually show techniques that we use for people. So people can already get started on their education, okay. you know. And some of the pages we have once you're a patient, we have like lots of exercises and just there's there's lots of there's lots of resources on there. So, awesome. You were um, telling us about a YouTube video before that got a lot of views. What was that one about? Yeah, um, that was our male pelvic pain video by Becca Ironside. Um, and it's talking about pelvic pain and how it's a real thing. Yes. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's awesome. not made up, you know, that it. men can have pelvic pain they also. Do. They you know? do. Um, and so I know that um, a lot of guys out there are wondering if this is, if this is in their head or not. And... Um, Oftentimes it's not. You know, and so I'll be start honest. With that video? I, yeah. I think it's a good intro video, you know, so check it out yeah. on our website. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. And thank I'll you. be honest, a lot of the gentlemen that'll come to see me for chronic back pain, um, yes. a lot of them I'm, I'm consistently trying to have a conversation about how maybe they might want a pelvic floor specialist to take a look at their pelvic floor as well right and right. you know whether or not you're thinking you know I have a little bit of both where should I start I would say either a pelvic floor PT or a back pain specialist right. would be a great place to go right um but just making sure that you have it looked at um and don't ignore it until it becomes pain yeah the whole thing is that people can have multiple complaints about things and when you work on something your let's say your main complaint we can't assume that all the other complaints are just going to fade away because we worked on the first one. Right. If you had any problem for a long enough time, sometimes those other complaints become their own problems because you've just had it for a while. Absolutely. And, you, and, and, and sometimes they have to be addressed specifically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that, that's it. We really enjoyed this. I think that people listening to this are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, of course, you know, if anyone's got, you know, pelvic pain and stuff like that, I personally didn't know a lot of this before it, so I really think that maybe there's some people who haven't been, maybe felt stuck. Yeah. This would be awesome for them, and then definitely yeah. uh, directing them to a lot of the resources that, that you have, I think, yeah, would, would be really helpful. So I think they'll get a lot out of it, because I know I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, yeah, and I wanted to mention also that, um, just speaking about the resources that you mentioned, um, there's also, we also have a, a Karen Bruno, one of our physical therapists, has developed um, um, our own pelvic meditative series so again so addressing cool. what you had said yeah. about the um the whole emotional stress anxiety up training um and um Arjuna Bard our, another of our therapists has developed um our pelvic series with yoga wow. so so we've got therapeutic yoga specifically for pelvic um conditions and people can access some of those um videos um whether a patient or not on our so this and is our all YouTube on your channel. Website? Yep, our YouTube so channel what, what and our website. Can you just tell listeners what your website is? Yes, your yes. It's connectpt.org, you know, or you can find us um, on YouTube, Connect Perfect. Physical Therapy. So. Amazing. 
So happy that you came on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you.